Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 2. If you've been following along in your Advent reading, we have come to the end of Advent, and it ends in the story of the birth of Jesus. And there's all kinds of characters in the story, and it starts back with uh, the... the uh, telling that John the Baptist is going to be born and he foretells Jesus and and that's kind of the beginning of it and there's shepherds and wise men and there's all kinds of people without throughout the story and there's angels and there's priests and there's virgins and there's carpenters there's just all kinds of characters and one group of characters is the shepherds and the angels and it's kind of my favorite one And so this morning I'm going to be preaching out of Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading with verse 8. Let's all stand in honor of God's word. Let's read this together out loud this morning. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to begin reading with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Lord... I pray that this familiar story would speak once again into our hearts and help us to know, Father, that only peace comes through you. And I pray today, Father, that we would have the favor of God upon our lives. Speak to us, Lord. Help us to hear. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you watch TV very much at all, This time of year, people will start talking about what they would like for Christmas or the things that they would like for Christmas. And inevitably, somebody will say, peace on earth. That's all I want is peace on earth. And it sounds so uh, uh, nice and so uh, important. If you ever watch uh, beauty pageant, uh, the pageant ladies on there, nearly all of them will say, I just want peace on earth. And or world peace or something like that. But if you listen to the news, it doesn't sound like there's much peace on earth. 
If you've been uh, watching or listening to the news lately as our president has decided to move our embassy to Jerusalem, uh, there are several people that have got upset about that. And I'm not going to tell you what I think about that either way. But it's interesting to me that uh, during this time, the Palestinians have said that the United States is no longer uh, is no longer qualified to broker peace in the Middle East. And they have asked and they have said that they want the U.N. to broker peace in the Middle East. Well, I want to tell you, I, I agree. I don't think the United States can broker peace in the Middle East. I certainly don't think the U.N. can broker peace in the Middle East. I don't think anyone can broker peace because peace is not something that is brokered according to what the word word says about peace. Uh, that's the, it can't be brought on by men. The United States can't bring it on. If you talk about peace treaties and things like that, nearly every peace treaty that's ever been written has been broken because it's based on something not scriptural. And peace is not something that man can broker. If I ask you, if I ask you yourself what peace is or what peace in your life would be, it would be a different answer for every person in here. I got on the Google and looked it up this week and looked up to see what the word peace means. And it says the absence of disturbance or the absence of trouble or the absence of war. And if I went to Israel and I asked them if, what it would take to bring peace, the Israelis would say, if you just get rid of the Palestinians, if, if we could have the absence of the Palestinians, then we could have peace. And then if I went to the Palestinians and said, what could we do to possibly bring peace? The Palestinians would say, if we could just have the absence of the Israelis, we'd have peace. And so if I, if you ask, however many people you ask, you'd get 500 different answers. And I bet most of them would have to do with, if this was just gone out of my life, then I would have peace. If you ask school kids, what would bring peace in your life? They'd say, man, if I didn't have any more homework, if they'd remove homework, I could have peace. If you ask teachers, what would bring them peace? They go, if I just, I bet they could move. I bet they could narrow it down to one or two kids in their class. If I could just get rid of this one kid, my whole, am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. I don't name any names, but I, yeah, you know, I'm right. If I could just get rid of this one kid, my whole class would be better. If you talk to kids and say, what would bring peace in your life? Well, if my mom and dad would just remove the rules. And just let me do whatever I want to do. Then we, I would just have peace in my life. And it always comes down to if I could get rid of something. If I could get rid of this bill. If I didn't have this bill every month. If I didn't have this. Uh, if, 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 if I could remove things that break down in my life. If I could remove this sickness in my life. If I could remove this thing that's hurting me on this continuous basis, and we tend to think, and our thought, my, our thought pattern tends to go to, if I could just get rid of this one thing, then I could have peace. And if I ask you this morning what it was, I bet you could name two things right off the top of your head, and you believe in your mind, if I had rid of these things, then I would have peace in my life. 
But as usual, we think of things upside down and backwards to what the word says. And that's usually the way we go. And, and God doesn't, doesn't define peace like this. God says this is not the way that we look at it. But we have trouble believing him because God is the source of all things and therefore he defines all things. He does not define peace as the removal of something in your life. Peace is not made by removing things, but as we see here in the story of Jesus being born, it is the addition of the outside God into the world that we live in. It's not removing the troubles that we have in the world that we live in. It's the addition of the outside God in the, in the form of Jesus Christ. The outside God is added and peace comes. It's not by God taking away everything and, and taking away all the trouble. It's by the addition of Jesus that peace is. Verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on earth, peace to men on whom his, fla- his flavor, his favor rests. Every time I read this story, I think about what it would have been like to be out there where those guys were and all these angels show up. You know, the farther away you get from town, the darker it gets. And the farther out you get, the darker it is. And uh, we have recently moved uh, to the outskirts of humanity. And uh, I go outside a lot at night. And when I'm outside, I mean, it's dark. And there's places that you can get even farther out and it's darker. But in the countryside of uh, Bethlehem, I'm guarantee you it was dark. There was no lights. There was no mercury lights coming on anywhere at night. There was no uh, city lights or anything like that. It was candle and oil lamps and things like that. And so there's no light. And it's dark as pitch. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. We had the, we had the wonderful privilege of going and seeing uh, the show down there at, at Branson, uh, the sound and, sight and sound place. And it showed the angels everywhere. And they had angels flying around in here. And I was going to hook... I was going to hook Quiet Dill up, but I didn't know if the, the ceiling would hold him, but they didn't know. But they had guys flying around everywhere. And I'm sure that that's not exactly how it was. But man, that would have been something. And this angel comes and all of a sudden it's bright. And all of a sudden it's, it's loud and, and, and there's, there's a voice speaking. And then it says a host of the heavenly host, a host of heavenly angels came. And they're out there in the dark and all of a sudden it's bright. And I'm going to tell you, I think that would have been something to have beheld. I would have loved to have seen that. And in the midst of this, the angel says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The angel does not come and say, God has come and it's time to remove oppression I'm going to remove hatred. I'm going to remove greed. I'm going to remove high taxes. I'm going to get rid of all the mean people. Jesus did not come to remove. Jesus came to redeem. Jesus comes and steps into the world just the way it is. 
Jesus doesn't come in and say, okay, we're going to get rid of you. We're going to get rid of you. We're going to get rid of you. We're certainly getting rid of you. We'll keep you for a little while, but I'm watching you. He doesn't do that. Jesus steps in to redeem. He doesn't come in to remove. He comes to redeem. And lots of times we think that we will have peace if Jesus just get rid of this person or that person or or this disease or that disease or whatever it is that's bothering us. If Jesus would just get rid of it, then everything would be all right. But the angel says that's not what happens. It says that Jesus comes in not to remove, but to redeem. Jesus has not come to subtract because Jesus has been added to the equation. And when Jesus is added to the equation, everything changes. Jesus steps in. The outside God steps into the the equation. And the world thinks that we need to have subtraction to have peace. But Jesus says, well, you need addition. And when Jesus comes in, things start to happen. And the angels state that because of the addition of Jesus, that peace is possible. Because there's no way to remove enough stuff to have peace. If you ask one person, if we could get rid of this, you would have peace. There's people that don't like rain. Well, if you got rid of all the rain, it's like, you know, if if it would just stay dry all the time, then that would be great. Well, you could remove that. But then you'd starve to death because nobody would have anything to eat. Well, I bet it'd sure be peaceful if we didn't have rain. You can't remove everything. And anything you wanted removed, somebody else would want. And, somebody would, and then somebody would be mad. And Satan has this thought, and he puts this in our mind. If we just get rid of this, or if we just get rid of that, If we could just get rid of this and it divides us and and Jesus did not come for us to get rid of, Jesus came for us to redeem. And I want you to look that throughout history, that's the way Satan is. I don't like somebody, get rid of them. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to quit. I don't like being married anymore, so I'm going to give up on that. I don't want to be around this person anymore, so I'm not going to be their friend anymore. Just quit, get rid of And that's what Satan does. And Satan messes everything up. But Jesus says, I want to come in the middle of it and I want to redeem it. Someone will be affected by anything. Anytime you remove something, something is affected. If you remove something, there is no peace. If you come into a family and you remove the father or you remove the mother, then there's no peace for the children. You think there might be peace. In our minds, we think in the, in, the situ, in, the, in the world that we live in, we think if I could just get rid of my wife or I could just get rid of my husband, then everything would be better. It doesn't fix anything. I'm just telling you. If I could just get rid of this person at work, they're going to go work somewhere else and God's going to have to try to redeem them somewhere else. They might as well be redeemed while you're there. And this is what God has called us to, not for the life of removal, but for the life of redemption. And it's it's by addition and not subtraction. And Jesus comes and the angel says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And if you listen to people, you would think that the coming of Jesus is going to bring peace to everyone on earth. If you listen to the people as they're doing the parades and things like that, well, this is the season for peace. And Jesus has come for peace for everyone. 
Look at Snoopy coming down this thing. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, that, if you talk to people, well, you know, this is the season for this and this is the season for that. I have heard about 15 different things that people says the season is for. Here's the deal. It's to honor that God sent Jesus. And people go, well, it's, it's all about family. Yeah, that's part of it. It's all about the children. That's a piece of it. But it's all about Jesus. And when people say Jesus has come so the whole world can have peace, that is not what the Bible says at all. If you, talk, if you, if you listen to what Jesus says about himself, he said, man, I'm going to come and mess everything up. I'm going to come stir everybody up. People aren't going to like what I have to say. I'm going to come and tell the truth and people aren't going to like it. They disliked Jesus so much they killed him. Now that doesn't sound very peaceful, does it? But that's not what the angel says. The angel doesn't say, Jesus is going to come and everything's going to be great. He says there's peace for those who have God's favor and only those who have God's favor. If you look and go back to the first chapter of Luke, I started uh, underlining every time I could find favor. It starts talking about uh, Mary. It says she was highly favored. And Mary, you have found favor with the Lord. And when I am favored that the mother, and and then uh, Elizabeth says, I'm favored because the mother of the Lord comes to be with me. He said, I found this favor. And so we only have peace in our life when we are in this place that God's favor is on us. And that is the only way you'll ever have peace. People think, well, if I could get this done or that done or whatever, if, I, if something was changed, then I would have peace. I'm going to tell you, the only way you'll ever have peace in your life is if God's favor is on you. That's the only way. That's the only way you'll ever get to the place where you can be completely clean, where you can be completely guiltless. And the only way you have full peace is when you're lying completely guiltless before the Lord and you're in a right relationship with him and you know you have nothing to worry about, that I'm in his hands, that he has taken care of me, he has taken care of my sin. I'm in a right relationship with God. That's the only way you're going to have peace ever. But we think, well, if I had more money, I'd have peace. No, you wouldn't. You just have more money. If I have more stuff, I'd have peace. No, you just have more stuff to take care of and pay taxes on and break down and fix. That's just the way it is. Well, if if I just had this or that or whatever, you will never have peace. The angel says the only way you have peace is if God's favor is on you. And that is the only way you have it. You say, well, how do I get God's favor? Favor is from being in a right relationship with God. When it talks about the characters who are in this story, Elizabeth had favor with God. Zechariah had favor with God. Mary had favor with God. And it says that they were doing everything they could to have themselves in a right place with God. They were following God's will. They were listening to what he said. They were doing the things that God wanted them to do. That's how you find favor with God. You don't find favor with God doing what you want to do. You find favor with God and God, what do you want? God, what do you want? Mary is thrown into this wonderful position of being a virgin mother wonderful and awful all at the same time and she's she said god whatever you want she had found favor with god i think mary had peace in the midst of that now peace doesn't mean that everything's going to go great peace doesn't even mean that everything's going to go good you can have peace in your heart and the wheels be falling off everything 
But the word says that we get peace not from the world, but we get peace from God. See, the word defi- the world defines it as the absence of trouble. The Bible defines peace as the presence of God. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is not the absence of things that bug us. Peace is not the absence of people that bother us. Peace is not the absence of things that that cause trouble in our life. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is defined here by the outside God coming in. Peace is the presence of God. So how do we get there? How do you get favor with God? Well, there's lots of ways that you can get out of the favor of God, but you can get in the favor with God when you get to that place where you repent, where you have laid everything before God and you are justified before him and you are clean before him. You know that I, the other day I had to, I had to go to the courthouse, had the wonderful opportunity of being there when Coy Burks got uh, adopted I've been to two adoptions in my life. I got to see Pepper get adopted and I got to see Coy get adopted. It is one of the neatest things ever. And you know what? I walked right into that courtroom and I walked right in there. I walked right in there by the judge. I was not afraid of that guy at all. I was not afraid of the policeman. I was not afraid of anybody that was in that building. You know why? I have not done anything wrong. I have, I have not broken any laws. I have peace with them. But imagine if I had a warrant for me. And uh, Donna Burke said, hey, you want to you come see? Eh, probably, better not, probably better not go up to the courthouse. Probably better, I'll send you a card, okay? And uh, I'll send Cindy. Cindy can go up there. But I've I got a few, few tickets and uh, things like that. And, you know, it doesn't get, doesn't get, you, you don't have any peace there. You know what I'm saying? So peace comes when, I, when I'm in a right relationship with God. When I come to Jesus and all is forgiven, all is given. I, I don't have anything in my heart or my mind that I'm holding back from him. I'm just let, and all is forgiven. And then when I stay in that constant relationship with him is when I have peace. Does that mean that everything's going to go great? No. It doesn't, mean that, it doesn't even mean that anything will go great. It doesn't mean that you're never going to get sick. It doesn't mean that you're ever, never going to have loss. The most godly, everybody I know, the most godly people I know have suffered loss in their life. It happens. It happens. But I've also watched people in the midst of that. I've watched people in the midst of great loss fall apart and have no peace because they were not in the favor of God. And I've also watched people who have suffered great loss and in the midst of that, they have a slow, this deep longing and peace within them that helps them get through. I want you guys to go through that with your dad. Suffered? Yes. Grieved? Yes. And I watched your mother and I watched you. We're going to be all right. Doesn't mean you didn't hurt. Doesn't mean you didn't suffer. But you had peace. And that's what the word says happens. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. And I want to encourage you during this time to think about that. I want you to look at your own life. And is there, is there, if I ask you this morning, is there anything 
in your life that is that if I said what is causing you not to have peace you could name it just like that I'm just wondering you don't have to get it removed but you have to have say God I need your help to get through this I need your help to come I need you to come in and help me through this and here's the deal sometimes situations change sometimes God heals and removes things like that God does that but sometimes he just gives you enough strength to get one more day and one more day and one more day your job is to get to that place where you can honestly say God's favor is resting on me therefore I can have peace it's a wonderful story that we've read this morning was we remember the birth of Jesus and Jesus at the end of his life told us another way that we could remember him he said it's good to remember me and uh, we take communion and communion helps us to remember who Jesus is and this morning I would like to uh, hand out our uh, our communion but before I do that I want to give you just a minute the word says that we don't come to communion we need to come to communion with a right heart that everything would be right between us and God that we would be in that place where we are in favor with God I'm just going to pray here for a minute and I want you just to search your heart right now if there's anything any unforgiven sin any any unrepentance in your heart any unconfessed sin as I'm praying this morning make sure check your heart and make sure that all is right between you and God before we go to his table and then we're going to take communion let's pray father I pray right now I pray that you would bless these sacraments father I pray that you would uh, bless our time together as we come to the table to remember many of us over the next few days are going to do things that we've done for years and years and years that we have we have uh, traditions that we do and this is this is one of them and it helps us to remember and people would be doing that in their home but as we the family are here together at church this morning as we remember this long tradition that Jesus set forth himself that says remember me Father, I pray that we would remember this morning that peace comes by the addition of Jesus and not the subtraction of trouble. Father, if there be anybody here this morning who would have any unconfessed sin in their heart or anything right now, Father, I pray that just right now as they sit there in the seat, that they would just right now give that right over to you so that they can stand clean before you as they take your table this morning. Just right now, Father speak into our hearts help us to be honest about anything in our hearts right now father we love you father and we thank you for this and we ask these things in jesus name amen i'm going to ask the ushers to come this morning